Dylan, you bitch. I am Let's in go. Vegas. That's a dog, and he's upside down. And I am talking about the video that only the Patreon listeners can see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. We're talking about Dixie Carter. I'm drunk on white wine. Dylan just spent a bunch of his family's money. Oh, yeah. I bought a bunch of NFTs. I've got fucking a bunch of fucking cocaine up my butt in case I cross the border. Just in case. You never know. You don't shove it up there just in while you're crossing the border. You do it months in advance. So you forget. You're like, oh, I had That's cocaine right. on my butt. Little treat for daddy. Also, the hope is one of the condoms slowly erodes. So you get a little a little pick-me-up. A little oh, bit yeah. of a taste or you die. Of a no- oh, That's how ODB died. He keistered a fucking uh, heroines and then uh, it exploded in his booty hole and now he's dead. Is that how he died? That's how he died. That's pretty. That's pretty fucking. Pretty boss ass way to go. This week we're talking about the ODB of professional wrestling. That's not true at all. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it the is. exact the... opposite of ODB. Everything came easy to her, and then she was fired. <laughs> she was bought out, and in the greatest move of "Hey, everyone hates you," they immediately take her off television with no explanation. They're just like, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> This is how crazy it is, is that everyone I like I just realized it was like, oh, as soon as Dixie arrived, I and I think so many people were like, well, TNA is done back to just watching old wrestling, I guess. Well, that's the interesting thing. I always was like, I didn't know that they bought the company in 2002. I thought it was like, okay, well, they bought it in the late 2000s. And then that's when Hogan and. Um, all yeah. those guys came on. But, but no, no, no was, I mean, like, they bought it like pretty much immediately because that's the thing I was so funny. Was that well, like? Be, go for it. You know, you know that. Uh, sorry to interrupt. We're both hopped up, and I just love the early days of TNA because it's literally the stupidest thing ever. Because it was basically Jeff and Jerry Jarrett started a company, but just with Jer- with Jeff Jarrett's money he got from leaving the WWF. So he's like, "All right, well, let's start a company. Well, we're starting a uh, multinational media conglomerate." How much is our seed money? Well, most companies start with about five million dollars. We're gonna go with four hundred and fifty grand, and the person in charge of it is named Jerry, and he smokes. So let's start finding some fucking backers, and that's what they did. Well, it just like how shocking to me it was that Panda Energy actually was because for years, I mean, I looked did nothing into it. But like for years, I just thought, oh, this is like a loss leader to hide some of their like assets. Essentially, that's what TNA was. But no, like this was run as a legitimate business to the point that like Dixie Carter was paying at one point. Angelina Love was the women's champion and she was getting 400 bucks per show. Like that was their women's champion at the time. Of course, Kurt Angle's making like seven figures and whatever else, because there was basically like there was the people TNA were paying. During their like big move on WWE, it was like there's the people TNA were paying, but then Spike TV would outright pay Sting, Kurt Angle, Hogan, Bischoff. Yeah, and it's a very interesting thing where it all of that ended, and none of that ha- it still exists because she just wouldn't fire Vince Russo. Like, why you thought this was a tax loss leader for her dad is because she operated it like it didn't need to make money and it didn't need to do a good job, and because wrestling fans are the mo- are more loyal than fucking anyone I've ever seen. People just rode that fucking pony all the way to now. There are people that have never missed an episode of Impact. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you want Dylan? Do you understand that? This is the this is the thing though. It's like I remember doing 
like o- an open mic in like 2004 and the weirdest thing was there was the dude in the audience and we got to talking and then he was like basically brought up do you like wrestling he's like i love tna man he was from the south and he's like i was like oh. why do you like tna and he's like because that's wcw that's like the that's what i get like grew up watching is like they're very much the lineage of wcw and i was like yeah and that is how desperate southern people were for wrestling is that they would even watch something called tits and ass wrestling starring oh who's their big star uh you know the guy who sang his own song about how he's got a lot of double letters in his name that guy can is literally unbeatable yeah yeah that guy is Triple H Goldberg, and his move is he has no finishing move. He just you listen to his theme song and you are pinned. Um Yeah, literally his finishing move is the Miz's finishing move, but it looks worse. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know a Russian like sweep, you know how that make that makes no sense? Yeah. That but forward, so it makes less sense. Yeah, why are you doing oh my god, the stroke, of course. Oh um, yeah, the fucking but stroke, not- bitch. But but this is the thing. He's 100% right. It's also why I followed TNA for the first many years. I started following TNA at the end of the weekly pay-per-view era uh, as they were slowly transitioning into making sort of um, Victory Road. It's when they brought in Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and fucking Jeff Jarrett to wrestle mm-hmm. AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and I believe it was Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, truly, yeah, the most wcw alternative to the wwe was that period of tna and dixie dixie carter came in because the jarrett's were so bad at running businesses and they just got a bunch of financial partners that i know were fraudulent so the dixie carter is brought in and panda energy buys in after key financial backer health south corporation that is mm, mm, that is like Oh yeah, Alpha Brain Energy. That is like fucking. I actually I didn't look up Health South. I'll look up Health Cells right now while you tell it more. Here are the following products that Health South sells: Uh, oil for your beard that makes sure you're not gay. Um, (laughs) Brain pills that identify whether or not you are an alpha. Ooh. Um, They're also Tic Tacs. Uh, Three, a shirt that says "Are you a woman?" That is bad with a mirror, so women can see their faces understanding that they have just been baited by an alpha i'm an alpha um they also sell oxycontin <laughs> they sell oxys yeah man health south i'm on healthsouth.com right now and it's just like it this is the blurb yo welcome to health south you want some oxys don't be a fucking snitch hashtag 420 pussy 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 but this is the thing where it's like oh my god this is an angel fire i'm on angelfire.com backslash there's no way please send me this website in the private chat it's in the private chat right now i do not see it in the private chat yeah i fucking yeah i pranked you and you wouldn't just go along with my phone i would click on whatever bit dot oh my god it's a guy sucking his own dick yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know who that guy is do you know who that guy is no raymond health south the ceo (laughs) of health south is that bob carter yeah, that is Bob Carter. Dixie, you're my daughter. Check out what I can do. I nutted. Three sucks. I don't, one nut. I'm your dad. I don't think Bob Carter knew this was happening. I honestly think... Actually, I do know that he definitely did. because He definitely did because he took him out hunting. He took the Jarrett's out hunting, goddamn. He took the Jarrett's out hunting, and he also sat down with Jim Ross and then wouldn't hire Jim Ross because Jim Ross was like, well, first things first is your daughter's no longer in charge. I am because she knows nothing of wrestling. And Bob Carter was like... Well, JR, uh, everything you say is right, but still, no deal. (laughs) (laughs) I really, 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 really love this whole thing. Like, I would love an honest 
I want to know how Jerry Jarrett finds money because I feel like Jerry Jarrett could start a wrestling company right now if I gave him the afternoon. I can totally explain it. Jerry Jarrett, any of those guys, and you know it from people that have started comedy clubs. There's a certain type of person that is just totally willing to um, believe that friendship can be signified through the exchange of money. And so we'll befriend and schmooze people that can financially help them get a comedy club like that or a professional wrestling company or a bar or a, you know what I mean? Like there are just people that know how to work that angle. I know one guy and it's literally like he has worked his way up through show business because he knows exactly how to become friends with powerful people in a way that they haven't figured out they're being used until he's gotten what they've wanted and moved on to a more powerful person. And it's just, it's a skill. I mean, it's a great skill to have to just like suss out basically who's, who here's the one problem with it. Here's, here's the one problem with it. And Jerry, Jerry, you can see it completely, which is you piss off the wrong people. So you have a great run, but when it's over, you are literally being openly mocked by the number two at the biggest wrestling company in the world for the rest of your life. Jerry Jarrett built but does this matter. What does that matter? Man. Yes, it does. Because Jerry Jarrett forever to so many wrestling fans will not be the guy that beat the Vince McMahon never sold his territory. The last hmm. territory standing. He is a person that is responsible for giving us some of the best worst wrestlers in terms of character, personality, and in-ring ability. But he will always now be remembered as, huh? Chicken salad. I, I don't. Yes. I don't yes. believe that because, like, this dude is literally living in a fucking mansion on a ranch because he just wouldn't pay anyone anything. So, and I think that's the and I guarantee, and I guarantee you, every, every day, Jerry Jarrett is so angry about Bruce. That son of a bitch. I do not. I, it was yes, it was a good recipe, but why? Why is he making fun of me? I guarantee it. It drives Jerry Jarrett insane. is so old. Yeah, and I guarantee he's. Jerry Jarrett and his Jerry Jarrett son. Jerry Jarrett is 79. Do you think Jerry Jarrett's like, how do I get a podcast? Yeah. What do I put no, on Jerry, this Jerry, radio? Jerry Jarrett's been told about it by his son, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, attention come monkeys. Voice off in your feet. <laughs> voice off. I'm bringing voice off back. Do you remember voice, voice off? off? I do not remember voice off. If voice off was something said on YTV in the uh, in the middle, YTV was the kids' channel when we were kids. And if you wanted to send a letter to YTV, they'd be like, voice off. Send us a letter. I also may be misremembering it, and they would have said sound off, and I'm remembering it as voice off. All no, 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 no. big, big possibilities. Voice, the voice off. off. Oh, by the way, I for I uh, classic wrestler view here. I forgot, but uh, someone wanted to say. So this is Dean Worthington wanted to say something, basically about Dixie Carter because we haven't even started talking really wholesale about Dixie Carter. No, and we and never here's will. Dean Worthington, who's a Patreon, said, by the way, you can send in your uh, comments on our future episodes. Who are we doing next week? Let's say who we're doing next week right now to get that out of the way. You decide, Ooh. Dylan. I want right. to do Pat. Can we do Pat McAfee? <laughs> I watched that entire interview again. Holy shit. <laughs> How are we going to do Pat McAfee, though? He's been in wrestling for nine seconds. Buddy, we did a Donald Trump episode the day he became president. I feel that Hobson's up for it. I mean, <laughs> um, who fucking? Let's see our list here. Do, Pat do, McAfee. Do, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. We can't. He hasn't Pat even. McAfee. And then he's gonna wrestle Austin Theory. We'd be we'd be better doing like an Austin Theory. Or no, who just got who got fired? Oh my god, who got fired? Who? Uh, why don't we do a Claudio Castagnoli episode or a Cesaro one? Because he's been wrestling for a million years. 
He's for sure going to debut on AEW, and um, yeah, I'm sure right. that his I'm sure that I, his career could be summarized with, and then he lost for the last ten years. Yeah, and then Paul Heyman became his manager, and somehow that was eight years ago. Uh, so get your shit into at uh, Wrestler Review on Twitter, Instagram, or you can email us wrestlerreview at gmail.com. But Dean Worthington says, if you told me a carney who called himself the world's greatest lover would convince the heir to a panda fortune to revive a failing circus on her father's dime i'd call you a liar if that means hard-working lovable clowns could provide for their families i'd chalk that up as a win and to be real that is the interesting thing where it's like wrestling is way better for having these people in it oddly even though dixie carter as we talked about paid people nothing and then goes completely insane about seven years into running this because I all right. So oh, here's Dick Carter. Lot she was born in 1964 and uh, has exactly the childhood you would think. She's born to an oil heiress. Panda Energy. You can look this up. Is uh, obviously like an electrical energy concern, but also they do own oil and gas. They own an oil and gas company. They just are very forward with the Panda Energy part of it because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be? Anyway, Carter worked in an intern at Levinson and Hill, marketing advisement firm. Um, she worked in the music industry and one of the best things is she claimed that she, uh, while she was in college brought in Memphis wrestling to her college and booked the show. Did she do that? Was she telling the truth? No, she was not. Wait, <laughs> she brought it. What? She may have brought in Memphis wrestling, but she didn't, she wasn't like, give me the book, Jerry and Jerry. Let's fucking do this shit. I don't think she, I don't listen. My thing with Dixie Carter is I think that she's a full liar. And I think that she is very much a liar. Yes. She is stupidly drunk all the time and just doesn't know what she's talking about. And literally, I think she bought a wrestling company so she could um, do that very weird. There's a certain type of woman around the entertainment business who always has a glass yeah. of wine and a lot of mm. hanging, a lot of hanging jewelry. Mm. And they, do not understand the business that they are in, but they drink and are so fun that they just become the champions of the industry. Like it's one of those things. This happens in comedy all of the time. You see this person, you're like, what the, f I literally heard you go, I do not know what a punchline is. And you are now in charge of the stand-up comedy organization. And it's like, that's right. Cause I'm just fun to hang out with. And three people that make that decision. I hang out with them. That's who Dixie Carter is. Dixie Carter yeah. just seems like she doesn't know. I guarantee she doesn't know what a memo is. I don't think that she's ever been to a building made of glass. I guarantee that she thinks like you don't, that someone flushes her toilet for her. I guarantee that she has a horrifically unhappy marriage and there is so much weird Southern Florida sex happening. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about her marriage. John does, though. John, how's her marriage? I mean, she is a very selfish lover. He mm. very good at making empanadas. So, oh, yes. And then, uh, yeah, because, of course, Kevin Nash and Booker T said she fucked a lot of wrestlers. Yes, she did. Yes. And by the way, I love. And by the way, I take that to be Kevin Nash and Booker T trying to fuck her because they were like, we need more money. That's what I take that as. That's and then and she was like, maybe. And they were like, you fuck all the wrestlers. Like, this is the thing that I take away from this, by the way, is that Kevin Nash thinks all women fuck everyone. Like if Kevin Nash doesn't bring up any woman, he all, he'll always be like, if I wasn't married, she'd be my wife. Really nice lady. Let me tell you a story about me sleeping with another lady. Like, it's just, you're like, <laughs> Kevin, I uh, gotta say, 
it's crazy that you are the most uh, you are the most centrist and reasonable pro wrestler we can find. Kevin Nash, of course, is entire his entire personality seems built on the fact that he's the only guy in wrestling who like reads magazines, which makes him essentially the smartest man in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking read Maxim blender. It's like, Whoa, this guy is well read. Oh, you're not just looking at the photos. You're like, That's right. I read the articles. They're like, you don't just tear out the photos and burn the magazine. Cause you hate fucking words. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, you're not eating those photos of those women so you can steal those women's energy and find out their addresses and he's like no i just read the articles like wow it's just i thought you were in wrestling that's fucking cool anyway jerry jared said to dixie carter oh yes dixie comes into his life jerry jared says because he prayed to god and dixie carter and bob carter saved his company and um of course this kind of honestly she's pretty pretty well just behind the scenes let everything run itself we, um, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you know, like Russo runs it for a second. Then you get the Dusty Rhodes era. Jerry Jarrett's booking it for a minute. They get on the Spike TV. They essentially have three months where it looks like, holy fuck, this is going to be good. And then it is not. Um, oh boy, it is really not. My favorite thing, December 2007. Okay, uh, hang on. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's a point. I want you to make this point, and then I want to make a point after this point. I know I was about to make your same point. Go ahead. December 2007. Because of the Benoit murders, Congress does a hearing on pro wrestling. And since TNA has such a like little brother complex to it, they go, hey, you should investigate us too, not just WWE, because we're both actually mainstream. And then Congress goes, okay, do you have drug testing? And then they say, no comment, which is so funny because it's like the whole reason you would be like, see, we're better than WWE. We do all this drug testing. Look at all these guys. But like, is it this time? When is Kurt Angle like? This is the thing that TNA gets a pass on during this time, and now it doesn't. Retroactively, it's being judged for it because you can see the Perk Angle compilations on YouTube, where it's just like Kurt Angle ripped on Perks, being like, "I'm gonna fucking jump off the ceiling and then into this fucking fucking yeah. hay baler. I'm fucking dead. Ah, I've just rebuilt myself. I'm fucking Wolverine." But like AEW, at Bow for Glory, like, at Bow for Glory, Jeff Hardy. You're going to give me those $80 worth of Percocet you've been promising me for a week, or I, I'm going to be very sweaty. Yeah, exactly. How about this for a vignette? How about this for a vignette? How about I uh, get a car, you pay for it, and then I follow my ex-wife and <laughs> call her account on the phone. <laughs> yeah. How does that well, sound? I think that'd be a good bit for my character. Speaking of Kurt Angle in this time period, is the other thing you have to remember is uh, this is when Jeff Jarrett just Cock decides- Angle. Cock angle, baby. Time, time for your boss oh. full beat up your wife's spoon tanning. Yeah, your boss full just went. Let me show you how to disappoint a woman, Kurt. <laughs> Good fucking Christ. Yes, and that that triangle is like well, the most. God, like, oh, these people like look like they have. Yeah, she she has the worst taste in men because she, it seems like she just goes like he's an Olympic athlete. His name is Kurt, and he has a lovely head of hair. I'll marry this man. And now he's bald on pills with no neck. And she's like, well, better move on to a reasonable businessman who's been married for many years. And then it's like, I uh, guess again, I've actually just been drunken on pills the whole time. And I do not know what my wife's name is. There are some small adults in this house that seem to be crying. Those are babies, Jeff. That's on you, Karen, because you are the second woman to speak to me after my my uh, wife's death. This is Tennessee. That means we're married now. Also, I've been fired from my company. Can you get a job? Yeah, and just to put it in perspective, October 2006 is when Kurt Angle debuts in TNA, and that is literally when 
um, the WWE has said, we think you might die in the ring, so oh, we're yeah. going to release you. And TNA goes, yum, yum, let's go, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurt, could you make sure to die in the ring during a pay-per-view? Because, like, Victory Road is not going to sell unless we are able to convince people that your head is going to fly off. <laughs> This is the crazy thing, though. Like, Jeff Hardy was supposed to go to rehab. AEW picks him up, and everyone's like, oh, cool, the Hardy boys are back together. And the exact same thing happened fucking 15 years ago when everyone was like, oh, Kurt Angles has a real problem. WWE's releasing him. Oh, cool, I want to see Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Like, there's so much cognitive dissonance that happens when you take wrestling away from WWE because everyone wants there to be WCW so badly that will just any competition, no matter what they do, we will judge them apart I from WWE. Think, I think it's more than that is what they want is they just want that early time period, that mid time period of the Monday night wars mm. where both shows were just fun to watch. Do you remember that? Do you remember yeah. when wrestling the two whole show sick fucking years, like two 97, 98 were Woo! fucking awesome. Yeah. You turn on WCW Ray Mysterio has just done a corkscrew plancha through the concept of time and landed on psychosis. Then you turn on the WWF. It's on, the Undertaker's talking about making boots for the big show out of snakes. This is how you wrestle, baby. Yeah, if you timed it right, you could watch the Luchadors. Basically, you'd have a you'd you'd see Hogan, then you see the Luchadors, then you flip over to Raw, you see Austin, then you see Goldberg, then you see Sable, and then for the last the last hour, it's a dealer's choice of what you want to watch. Yeah, at some point the new age three whole hours of fun variety wrestling. Exactly, and you're and every time you switch over to the other show, you think maybe this time they'll swear, or maybe this time <laughs> they'll show me boobies. Yeah, exactly. You see dancers, and then each time you flick the channel, almost with like with the grace of God, you're going to see a woman having her dignity just shaved down just a bit, not taken, just shaved down. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. why you get paid less. Let's see what's on the other channel. I'm paying you less because why? Here's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. They really Don't have ask. the same message, different ways to say it. That's right. Yeah. They one message is presented by a man who dyes his hair and wears a leather jacket, and the other one is presented by a man who thinks suits are a personality and death is avoidable. <laughs> You only died because you don't fucking lift enough, bitch. Which I also you, subscribe to. Do you think that Vince McMahon at some point in the last five years met Dixie Carter in a hotel room and fucked Dixie Carter just so he could say, I've now had sex with all of my competition. <laughs> oh, he also fucked Eric Bischoff. I didn't mention that. He's fucked Eric Bischoff. I would believe Bischoff. that Eric Bischoff had to at least like put his lips on Vince's dick, but not suck, just lips on dick. And then yeah. just release it. And then yeah. Bischoff was like, no, it was a good networking experience. <laughs> he sold it as like a like a Silicon Valley guy who doesn't really know what a f uh, uh, iPhone does. It was actually like a really good networking experience. Here's what happened. Vince Carter. <laughs> Vince Carter. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Vince McMahon turned on a shower so no one would know what happened and just full emptied a whole Gatorade piss in my mouth. It was a good experience. <laughs> and the shower was on so nobody knew. It yeah. Yeah. Sure, I was filming it, but that's just because I like to remember days I climbed the corporate ladder. <laughs> every uh, Before every Raw, Vince would do a booking meeting, and then he'd have his strip nude in the shower and lie down on my back, and he'd piss on my dick and say, this is my dick now. Animal rules apply. I have two dicks. And that was a good experience for me as a businessman. 
Yeah, that's when I learned controversy creates cash because it was controversial. <laughs> a lot of the piss got on my balls and I specified these are still my balls and he said whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which as we all know means um, I am now Shane's husband. <laughs> also, in the uh, severance deal, I do get a bursary of $50,000 a year, but Vince can just show up at my house and eat whatever food he wants and uh, push things over. Not break, but if they get broken while he pushes them over, that's fine. That's in the contract, too. I get $50,000 a year, though. Anyway, <laughs> that was a weird rant. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to pick it up when something happens in Dixie Carter. I really want to know more. And the shitty thing about professional wrestling, as I outlined last week with our lovely guest host, we'd like to thank Josh C. Um, the only problem with wrestling history is the people that tell it are professional wrestlers and just from a psychological perspective i want to know what changed in dixie carter i think i know what it was but like what changed in dixie carter that got her onto television because she's in the background for seven whole years and then something she makes an appearance signing bobby lashley and she says fuck it i'm this is also going to be a mcmahon thing like it's, it's also going to be a mcmahon style wrestling league where the person who really owns it is the only fucking character on television that gets any power what is are you in a well i am in a well my microphone just stopped working completely while you were talking oh so uh, and all i want to say before we go to the break and then i will try and fix this is that i think what it purely was was there was no one else left to be an authority figure in this company so she just went, well, it's down to old Dixie and she tried it and someone should have immediately been like, no, stop it. Plus, Vince Russo at this time period is in charge and all you need is, bro, da, bro. Ah, it's fucking insane. This is the, this is, all right, we'll get to this after the break, but some shit about Dixie Carter fascinates me. Anyway, after the break, hopefully John's microphone will repair itself after the break. Hey, everybody, just a quick break. Whoa. To thank you guys for donating to Patreon. If you go on to patreon.com backslash wrestler review, we have many, many options, such as brand new untouched episodes. So far, we've recorded episodes about Chris Benoit, Jimmy Snuka. We took a, real, uh, a break from evil people and, and talked about one man gang and really fun people like that. That's for five bucks a month, you get access to a whole library of 40, I'm just guessing, 40 extra episodes, including some watch-alongs of Hogan Knows Best. We've done a lot of fun stuff. We're upping yeah, we our have. page. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much. 10 bucks gets you access to the video if you want to see what two ugly people look like. Everyone, come over to my place. Sleep with me. 20 and $25 gets you picking which wrestler you want us to review. Thanks so much for listening again. We love you. Lay down on a bed of roses. Yes, I did remove all the thorns. Time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second half of Dixie Carter. I nearly murdered. Oh, I didn't even sell them. So my microphone just stopped working. Did some Googling. Turns out that's just because they stopped making good microphones now. Also, this episode took longer to record. Didn't even tell Dylan this off mic. Get in the elevator and literally the worst human being walks on and goes, are you guys going a long time and i go what it's just me and she goes how many stops is this making and i go i don't know and she just goes i need to know and i said get in the elevator <laughs> and she got in and she went 
wait, this is going up? I wanted to go down. And then I said, we were on the ground floor. Where are you trying to go? And she's just like, I'm a bit flustered. I forgot my phone. And then she just got off on a random floor and, and burst into tears. What I'm trying to say is I think that woman lost a lot of money gambling or got real drunk last night. John is in Vegas. Morning. Was and that it? I just, I just saw, I think I saw a woman coming down from her first ecky baby. John is in Vegas. That must have been a dramatic elevator. A guy who just, something just broke and he's on a time constraint. And then a woman who just lost thousands of dollars. That's an indie movie, baby. Yeah, except, but then, unlike an indie movie, she's not like a, like, you know, a, she's not a Jennifer Aniston or a, Mil- a Mila Jovich or a, uh, who's that, a Chuck Wagner? Is that what you said? <laughs> Chuck Wagner? Yeah, she's not Chuck Wagner. She's not Chuck N- Wagner. She's not Jim Brown. She's not James Brown. <laughs> she's not Jim Brown. Um, yeah, she's not, she's not Tom Brady. We know that. No, she was a uh, very old lady. You know Bitch. that the, she, she reached that age where she went short haircut. That's what I know. Oh, yeah. The old, the Karen, right? Yeah, I know it's, yeah. Karen. Hey, I have a question for you. Is anyone I've ever met named Karen never behaved that, behaved that way? But so many people I've met named uh, Charlotte or Carol have. I mean, I don't know anyone named Karen that's ever been rude to anyone. Yeah, neither do also, I. Also, you can't say Karen, man. I did a show and someone was named Karen and everyone went, ooh, as if I was going to make fun of them. And then I said, don't be a, fu- don't be a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> and then I yeah. had to win them back you, for two minutes. But I, don't, I don't even win back fucking anymore. Fucking hacks, it's, man. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, yesterday on stage here in Las Vegas, I just pointed out that people landed on the moon. And a guy just went, and I just went, no, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking dumb idiot. And you don't know what you're talking about. And his girlfriend, this was the true great moment, just went, thank you. And I was just like, wow, this poor woman has heard about the moon landing for three years. And she's just like, listen, he lays good dick. I want that tasty dick, but I don't want to hear about the thing. moon landing. Well, a good provider, you taught everything you want, and then you just find out this guy. And this is the other thing where it's like you can't leave. You would, on a first date, 100% leave someone because they're like, they think the fucking moon landing's fake. But then... They just kind of fucking tell you, you know what I mean? They tell you like three months in when you've already fucking bit and you've been reeled in. You're like, fuck, I guess I will date this woman for whatever. Of course. In in the same way that Dixie Carter had a husband. Dixie Carter had a husband who was a photographer. Uh, Yeah, Cuthbert. The ultimate fucking thing. Dude, I did a show in a mansion that was $50 million. And then the lady who uh, her dad was selling the mansion and it was like empty. So like, you know, they just had parties in it, but they were like in their 30s. So their parties consist of let's get some fucking a bit of food, get drunk, but then we'll be tired. So we just go to bed. And is this um, one of the many gigs you just do that you get off of the Internet and you're just like, oh, I got to we got to wrap this dinner up. I got to go perform stand-up comedy on a tennis court for $450. Pretty much, yes. And then also, like... <laughs> it's the best. It is the best. Dylan Gott is the greatest stand-up hustler ever. Buddy, because he just... He just Because Canada is a wasteland of show business right now. It's just because it was so decimated by lockdowns and everything like that. But let me tell you who perseveres. Dylan Gott just was like, what's that? A lot of people have... Um, Bonuses because they've done cocaine. I think it's a good idea to get a comedian at 3 p.m. for their 8 p.m. dinner party. I'm going to get these motherfuckers $850 for 20 minutes of work, and I'm going to be home with my goodly family before they figured out that was a terrible idea. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's always fucking sick when I fucking show up. I call them all pussies. I call them all losers. It's a bunch of shit where it's like, oh, only men would ever apply to this because only a man would go into a situation where it's like, hey, we have a huge mansion and uh, you have to show up here alone. And uh, it's at midnight. And I'm like, all right, well, if uh, if Mike Tyson's there, too bad Mike's going to get fucked up, too, because I got fucking three pieces for everybody. One punch, two punch, kick to the face. I've flown to other continents because someone was like, we'll give you a ticket. We'll pay you once you get here. And it's never gone that wrong. Like, it's never gone <laughs> like, it's never been like, do you understand the amount of times I could just be like, we're not paying you? And I'd be like, well, uh, I need you to give me my ticket home. So you win. Being large, and if you guys are listening to this and you are large, you'll understand rules. You have so many options. You, I was talking with someone else like this. I mean, knock on wood, don't get mugged because just because the mugger doesn't look at you and think, "Oh, that guy's dangerous," he thinks that's more problems than it's worth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's why old people get mugged, small people get mugged. It's because you see them and you're like, "Oh yeah, push and a run." And it's like, oh wait, is that guy wearing? Is that guy wearing only sh- clothes that are he calls vintage, but are for sure just used clothes <laughs> and broken shoes? I'm not gonna take that guy's stuff. It's plus like he's big, so maybe if he catches up, I get sat on or whatever, and then he fucks me, and then I learn something about myself. Let me tell you about my very good friend. You avoided getting mugged. Hey, give me all your money. No. Yeah. I have a knife. Okay. Let's see it. What? Mm-hmm. Let me see your fucking knife. And then my friend. Who did that? My, I'm not going to say his name because the next part of the story, which was if I, if you don't show me your knife, I'm going to show you my dick. And then he nice. started taking off of his pants and the mugger ran away. The only time ever in my entire life where I've been like, holy shit, because this guy had for our entire friendship been like, if anyone ever tries to fight me or mug me, I'm going to just take up my dick. No one's going like, to. Okay. And I was like, what? And then being there witnessing me like, wow. You backed it up, man. But then he was like, oh, yeah. And the other guy took out his dick. And then it was like, well, we got to size off. Yours is bigger. Here's all my stuff. No, I got news for you. My friend has would have won all size offs. Largest penis I've ever seen. Uh, and I am counting pornography, Dylan. <laughs> John, of course, watches small dick porno. <laughs> of course. I, uh, what, which one is it where, they're, where theirs are smaller than mine? Well, uh, excuse me. Hi. Yeah. I'm looking for the porn where I'm the big boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dixie Carter wasn't in porn, but she probably doesn't. Nick Dixie Carter's probably fucking watched porno once and was like, "Ew." Yeah, and, uh, anyway, uh, no, I don't. Think that's true. I don't think Dixie Carter has done much of anything. I think Dixie Carter's a fucking moron, rich kid. Who just sails through life? Like, I bear in mind, she was told by a major corporation that was financially supporting her company. We have one rule: you can have your every wrestler can be all, openly on drugs. No episode of your program needs to make sense or be logical in any way. Nothing needs to happen. We just need people moving on screen. Just do not hire Vince Russo. And she said. I will not hire Vince Russo. Smash cut to, oh, by the way, when I said I would not hire Vince Russo, I was, it was opposite day. I, of course, hired Vince Russo. Are you fucking kidding me? Which is crazy because the craziest thing is Vince Russo is like, yeah, she sucked. 
Can you? As, it, the only reason. How the fucking reason stupid are you? Because Vince Russo doesn't know what loyalty is. That was the best part of that whole thing. Is that like That's fucking crazy? Like, he has fucked anyone and everyone who would help him. Like Vince Russo, I guarantee would have been brought back by Vince McMahon if he had just face to face been like, "I'm going to WCW." Instead, he sent an email from Atlanta and was just super weird about it. Like. Because of course we're jumping around here, but the re you know the reason they got canceled off Spike was because she basically forwarded an email to a Spike executive, and she basically forwarded an email to a Spike executive that had Vince Russo in on it, and they were like, "We told you to fucking fire this guy." Yeah, it's the craziest thing, and it's also never been explained why she thought Vince was such a big asset to the company. Just because I don't know, because he's good. He's like Jerry Jarrett. He's just good at getting money from people. Like, I don't understand how, like, he stuck around so long. What are the what are the numbers they are looking at that people are like, yeah, man, people fucking love this guy. Like, anyway, but the real star of this is when Dixie Carter decides I'm Dixie McMahon now. Early 2010, you get the on-screen debuts of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. And, of course, Dixie Carter becomes immediately a regular authority figure. This and, is the um, worst. Hulk Hogan, the sweetest-tongued man in the fucking world, just fucking convinces this woman, I guess, to be on TV, too. And, um, I don't know, man. What just fucking... Their, I don't understand their logic, because they had... Like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I needed an antagonist. And it's like, you have Eric Bischoff right fucking there. Also, I forgot to mention something. During the Benoit trial... Dixie goes on this giant thing in front of Congress about how, you know, they're how reputable and how great all the TNA wrestlers are. And then someone's like, didn't you hire Pac-Man Jones, who is a football player being suspended? <laughs> and then she was like, that was alleged. Good for stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot. So good stuff. That. Anyway, basically, Dixie does the thing that WCW did. But 10 years, literally 12, not even 10. 12 years later, which is she puts over Hulk Hogan, who cannot bump. So he walks down to the ring and just beats up everyone who can wrestle and then puts herself in an angle with AJ Styles where it looks like they're having an affair. It turns out they're not. They're helping this girl, Claire Lynch. But in the process of this, and one of the best things ever for wrestling in the history of it, her husband, Serge, beats up AJ Styles on television, of this course. Amazing. I had no idea this happened. I truly was just like, wait a minute. I thought, I thought that, like, that. how is that not more reported wider news? How did that not more negatively affect AJ Styles' career? Because everyone, I assume everyone was just like, by this point, by this point, so there's, in 2006, there's this hope that TNA is going to be like this cruiserweight promotion that, WWE is still investing heavily, obviously. And WWE, by this time in 2006, is doing great. They have Cena, they have Batista, they have Orton, all at the start of their primes. And they, But they're clearly like WWE. They have Chris Masters on the horizon, they have Umaga. They have a certain style they're going for. Resistance is around, being wonderful. Sorry? La Resistance is, being around, is around. They are. They're, they're pushing French people are bad. That, that, by the way, is a sign that Vince McMahon is in control of creative. Like the first Fucking thing hate is the French. get me two French people, make them villains. They are history's greatest monsters. You but it's also them. brilliant because it's like always make them from Quebec because we can run Quebec and sell that fucking place out. And oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. The, 
it's so fucking smart every fucking time. And it's like, because it's like, yeah, Vince McMahon loves a muscular body. Unless you're from French Canada, then I don't give a fuck. As long as your name is Guillaume, get in the ring. Oh, buddy. And also, like, the hey, this guy's a guy who looks so non-French that you have to be like, he's a French sympathizer. Like, that's how... Every single Arabic person in Arabic character in professional wrestling was played by an Italian man. But <laughs> this guy's like, well, this guy looks so not French that we have to say he just is a sympathizer. Anyway, but they got a bunch of jack And people think, obviously, cruiserweight promotion is going to be amazing. And then we quickly learn, no, this is, of course, Samoa Joe has bring, is like bringing weapons. The dream is dead, essentially. And oh, every yeah. every week they kill it a bit more, such as AJ Styles just is Ric Flair for some reason. Oh, um, this, this has been covered a lot on the show, and I think it needs to be discussed again. Who okay. are you going to get to personate uh, wrestling's um, creepiest robe wearer? Well, for me, it would be the energyless Christian man who believes the earth is flat and has his own name tattooed on him. Because that guy... He knows how to party. If party means two peppermint teas and a quick call to the wife before you have a masturbateless priest. Oh, I love it. I love the fact that AJ Styles is like, if they would have played it well and based his character on who he is, would have been the best character in wrestling history, maybe, where it's like a guy who, once he gets on the mic, you're like, I hate him. And then once he starts wrestling, you're like, He's good, actually. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. like Kyrie Irving is very much like this in basketball, where anti-vaccine, anti-everything, really, also like really upsets old white guys because he like invests and um sp- and donates a lot of money to like um, black charities and stuff. But also on the court, you're like, yes, well, he is amazing, and this really does hurt me. It's how I. It's how everyone now feels about Tom Brady, and how I've always felt about Tom Brady, which is like, yeah, he's so good at football, you get to cheat. I got news. I you. really, yeah, I like Tom Brady because like everyone's like, it, and I said this, I tweeted it when he retired, like enjoy this moment because he's gonna like, you're gonna find out he's like directly funding Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they ran yeah. out of oil money, but Tom Brady came in and was like, wherever there's scared children, I want to put them out of their misery with a little thing I call bullets. Yeah, no, yeah, I read a book about Tom Brady while I had COVID because I weirdly love him. And even that book is like, I mean, Giselle says that they don't like Trump, but he would always be like, listen, I stick with my friends. And everyone's like, really? Do you? And he's like, yeah. And like, oh, God, Tom, I completely agree. It's going to be awesome. And if you think that the Me Too movement ruins celebrities, the next few years of war and international tumult, he's like, Tom Brady, oh boy, is going to sound off. And I assume Ron Gronkowski's family is going to kill him so that they could just keep fighting. <laughs> so they can they hollow him out and drink beer out of him. Oh, my God. If they give that guy a microphone, he's going to yell up for Putin, down with Ukraine. Joe Biden is – I fucked Joe Biden. Like, I guarantee Ron Gronkowski, if the Tampa Bay had won the Super Bowl this year, he would have tried to fuck Joe Biden's mouth while yelling, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I, for one, doubt that Rob Gronkowski knows what the president is, let alone who it is. Or he's like the president. No, I agree with you yeah, sure. He just knows the name Joe Biden, and he knows he's a weak cuck. <laughs> <laughs> so this is fun. Out of everything terrible, does come good things. That's true. Uh, and she introduces Dixie does basically, and a lot of authority characters do this. Her wrestling proxy, which is Ethan Carter III, EC3, who right now is, and a lot of people are debating this in a maybe alt-right wrestling league. 
Whatever. Anyway, he was good in TNA. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the way, I only heard about this this morning. Can you just give me two sentences and then we'll keep going with Dixie Carter? Well, I don't know because this is a Reddit thread. So literally it was all started from a Reddit thread and then people making jokes on Twitter. But from our, I don't know if you know him, but Adrian Kronk, very talented comedian. And the Reddit thread did get taken down, just basically alleged that Control Your Narrative, which is a new indie wrestling league run by Braun Strowman and of the, the greatest tweet of all time where he took his father-in-law and his, I guess not father-in-law, but the father of his girlfriend and his girlfriend to a strip club and tried to get them both lap dances. So that's oh. his business partner. Sir, <laughs> and you do not agree. think that that, that, that I don't that rules. that whole story. That, I'll tell you. That, that rules. For no other reason. That's how you woo a lady. Call your father. We're going to cheat us. <laughs> Call your dad. You ever seen your dad have a hard cock? Because you're about to. We're going to yeah. get some steaks and see some barestices. What are we doing with your there? dad? <laughs> well, making sure your dad's dick is filled with blood. That's job oh, yeah. one. Well, you know what? Your dick's pretty hard, and so is mine because I'm looking at your daughter anyway. I'm going to go fuck your daughter in the VIP room. You go get jacked off by these women I paid. They will not accept it. <laughs> they will. They are yeah, stronger than you. I checked. They're going to take what they want. Can you also, by the way, make sure that I'm fucking your daughter with my hard dick near where you are with your hard dick? I want our hard dick <laughs> to be very close to where your daughter is. In other news, <laughs> I started a business. Ladies and gentlemen, a business. It's called Control Your Narrative, and um, the whole point of the business is to take money away from charities. (laughs) Any charity, I don't like it. What I like about the modern right wing movement is two years ago it was ideological, and now it's just a bunch of people being like, "Uh, "Have you licked lithium recently? Because that makes you a fucking uh, 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 non-socialist." Welcome to hell. Um, Yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyway. So in 2015, Carter, <laughs> she takes a year off um, because she gets put through a table by Bully Ray. And she is getting a lot of heat at this time because people don't really like her. And this is the interesting part. This is when it gets fucked up. So you can listen to, I think there's an awesome Kong interview where she talks about how shitty a person Dixie was. Any female wrestler fucking hates Dixie Carter. Like all of them fucking hate Dixie Carter. The only wrestler who says 100% good things is Kurt Angle. And that's because he is ripped on pills. And not because of, but probably aided by for sure. Anyway. So she is uh, on character again in 2015. Oh, sorry, on screen in 2015. But the real thing that happens is she brings in Billy Billy Corgan as a senior producer uh, of creative and talent development. Basically, that is just she's taking money from Billy Corrigan on handshake agreements, and she's he's promised stock. She just never awards him that stock, and then she has to. Sorry, he sues Dixie Carter. Uh, to get that money back. He put $1.3 million into TNA. And there's like in the mid-2000s, when they first get on Spike TV, they make $14 million in a year. So this is a profitable company at one point. But This is crazy that it was... A, it was also crazy where it's like... It was a well, once they lose Spike, they're literally Spike TV. If Spike TV doesn't give them money, they're fucked. It's like them and Spike TV are pretty much like AEW and TNT. If AEW loses the TNT deal, it's like... They got, I mean, no, they could soak up losses no. for a minute, 
But like AEW also would find a new home because AEW's branding is professional and also they have yeah. their 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 conglomerate and the thing that they are a part of is still in sports and media. Like Nick Khan, the, the Khan family can be like, okay, we can't get with TNA, T, uh, TBS or TNT. We still have ratings that are really good in certain demographics. We can go somewhere else. I also have a reputation for being professional. Dixie Carter, like Spike TV doesn't want to work with her because they she kept lying to us. And then she got sued by um, basically the person that was supporting the company financially because well, she, she gets sued by quite like, oh yeah sued a lot for the like <laughs> the wwe has a lot of outstanding lawsuits against them because of course because they have so much money that people are like oh we can just scrape a bit of money you can say the lawsuits for 10 mil and then hopefully they award us five hundred thousand, and even that's dope but like also they kind of like put daft there's like they do women's hardcore matches and Daphne gets very, very injured by basically a um, talent who I forget what her name was, but basically, like, she's a bigger girl and she does a splash. It destroys Daphne's sternum, and then they put her right back in the ring. She sues for um, a bunch of medical bills and wins that lawsuit, too. Um, and just shit like that. Like, just pretty much all around negligence. And TNA's doing okay, but once Hulk Hogan comes in and Dixie Carter gets on television the company just quickly falls apart completely because it becomes the Dixie Carter show. And not, it's not that Dixie is like terrible at being a lead heel. It's just that like, well now the you're doing, you're doing exactly like exactly. And especially at this time, it's just, she's worse Stephanie McMahon. So it's like, she's okay, but you can't have her as an okay person as the lead character. It's, it's a lot like we talked about that episode where we did on Paul Jones where it's like, she's Paul Jones. Paul Jones can't be the lead character. Yeah. It's also, it's more than that. It's not about lead character, not lead character. The, Stephanie McMahon and Paul Jones, I've heard this um, analogy a lot. They're not analogous. They're not the same. Because Dixie Carter is literally, what do the fans know about her? Her dad bought her a wrestling company. Yeah. Just don't put her on TV. She doesn't need to be on TV. There's no reason to do this. And there was no thought. Like You know what I mean? There was so much not thought that went into her being on television and then like everything in TNA it just lasted so much longer than you thought it would yeah so here's here's all right so here's Corrigan basically talking about the period I tried to buy it of course that being TNA and I very forcefully tried to insert myself in the process I had a legal right to do so very complicated and boring and probably a podcast unto itself you are wrong Billy and the forces that were against me conspired to defraud me from those resources. I went to court over that. The judge didn't necessarily rule against me as much as saying, I can't rule for you now, but I want to prosecute your case. It was never resolved in that way. And I obviously fingered Dixie Carter in that defrauding YOLO. And uh, I've been public about that as well. Yeah, what has to be happening, as was the case, was settled. And now Anthem, of course, Anthem bought Impact Wrestling and I ended that in a particular time and handshake that handshake is no longer valid but the point of the matter is that it was resolved in a business frame and that was never resolved in a spiritually speaking because i had every right to take over that company i had invested 1.3 million in and that's basically what happened she's soaking up money on a handshake agreement from dixie carter or sorry from billy corgan billy corgan's kind of uh silly billy enough to just be like i'll take a handshake deal with this oil heiress <laughs> and then well, she no, calls yeah. dad's lawyers and big dicks billy i would say this though is that 
Yeah, he was taking on a handshake agreement. This sort of stuff does happen in business all the time. And the handshake agreement was totally honorable. Like Billy Corgan gets portrayed of like, oh, he got hosed. And it was like, no, this is actually just how business can work. She fucked him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was like there was nothing he could have done to prevent that. He was operating within good faith as an employee who was investing in the company. She defrauded him, got the shit suit out of her and lost her company. He wasn't able to then purchase it because Anthem came in and took it and had a controlling interest, which she handed over. He got his money back and went on to start the NWA, which has had no problems whatsoever. There are no problems in the NWA. <laughs> yeah, basically, Bill Corgan sunk a bunch of money into a YouTube show. And instead of just being like, hey, we're going to like open this box, <laughs> which does so. It's crazy. I was talking about like, man, maybe NWA will get a TV deal whatever because they're doing okay on youtube this was of course before the pandemic and then my friend basically put it very well it's like yeah but opening a box gets 10 million views so what what's the overhead on a wrestling company where you have to pay a bunch of people and get great cameras in a ring or you just fucking hey i opened a box here's what's in the box like oh no it's the internet's crazy because it's now basically just the lottery of who gets to be famous and also the weird thing that makes you famous it's like what are you into? Well, I'm into Rubik's Cubes. How do you have a million people watching your YouTube? Well, I'm also really into the nanosphere. Oh, Christ. <laughs> but it is. What would you rather watch? Like some guy just bought the thing you'd like to watch and is like, here's all the parts to it. Here's how it works. Or just like AJ Styles helping a drug addict. I want both of those things. I want AJ Styles having to fight Jeff Hardy in a can you do an unboxing video match? Why hasn't... An internet company gone <laughs> super hard internet. You know what I mean? All oh, the yeah. heels, all the heels are either super alt-right or like super, super crazy far left weirdo. Like nothing makes any sense. Um, it's like there's a tag team called the Snowflakes. There's another mm-hmm. tag team called the January Six. So then Dixie Carter gets sued a bunch. Anthem takes Ooh. over the company. They rebrand the company with an owl. Everyone makes fun of that. And then um, Damien Mizdow debuts and everyone's like, oh. And then people liked it because Christian's the champion now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just rebrand, do what they should have, not should have done, whatever. They do a thing where it's like they hand the company to the guy who booked their knockouts division. Um then Scott Demore and Scott Demore runs it like a wrestling company. They do a wrestling show. Everyone's like, "Well, oh, this is pretty good." But it's literally been so long for them, basically being betrayed in terms of what wrestling fans want from professional wrestling that no one really cares. It's pretty sad, like how the hole that they dug themselves in. It's crazy that it's like they they rebrand themselves Impact, but it's like they should have just rebranded themselves. I mean, should have obviously whatever. I'm just some loser. But like you rebrand yourself again, it'd be way better because then you don't have all those negative feelings attached. But anyway, somehow it's still around. Every yeah, single person says she sucked, even the people that took advantage of her, which is hilarious. And uh, she's still married to Surge. And I'm and sure that they are. I have no idea why people don't like her. That's the other thing is I guarantee people do not, like no idea. Um, uh, also, and this is Kurt Angle's comment on Dixie Carter. I thought she was a great boss. I have no problems with her. Sometimes mm-hmm. having a woman in charge is a lot better than having a man because they're so much more understanding, more compassionate. I think this, I think she was just nice to Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle's not used to that. Yeah, well, she like, Kurt Angle was the dude. He was like, free money, all right. 
I don't think that he thought of it that way. I'm going to defend Kurt. I think Kurt Angle okay. was just like, I don't think Kurt Angle cares about money. I don't think Kurt Angle cares about his kids. I think Kurt Angle likes two things. Pro wrestling, taking pills. Can't take pills. <laughs> but also the thing is she always presents herself as like, I'm Dixie Carter. I'm just a mom, just a Southern mom. And it's like, I'm a Southern mom who um, will fuck you over in a goddamn business deal and um, pay you as little as possible. Here's my question. How many more months do we have to wait until Conrad Thompson just has a podcast with Dixie Carter? Dude, that would be fucking amazing where it's like Dixie Carter just straight up lying. And then I won the TNA title. I guarantee that he that, that man tried to get Vince McMahon's brother to come to a star cast. Then she, he's reached out to Dixie Carter to try and do a podcast. I Honestly, we should do a Conrad Thompson episode one time i'm worried about his health he's gotten so much fat he's like james gandolfini if you watch the sopranos where you're like oh <laughs> this, this, like, this guy's in a lot of trouble this he needs to chill you gotta yeah. go for like maybe cancel the kurt angle podcast and start jogging maybe like he has kids his kids he's got a weird life man he's got like he's got a weird life Wait, who are we doing next week? We already announced it, but I would like to change it to Conrad Thompson. <laughs> no, we're doing Claudio Castagnoli can we, next uh, week. The, week after, the week after, can we do Conrad Thompson? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, great. All right, perfect. Um, uh, send in your questions or your comments for... Conrad Thompson, it's like a, on a... It's so much more fun now to review. Like, Claudio is great, but like it's, it's all the same shit where it's like, oh, this guy was good, but they didn't care. It's so much more fun to interview the guys who are like, oh, here's a weird money guy. Here's yeah. that guy who you're like, here's, oh, yeah, he shows up and takes on, all the money on, and he's in like on, dirty pants. On. Here's the story of how Conrad Thompson came to crush all shoot interviews and take over wrestling podcasting. He was a fan of Ric Flair's. Ric Flair needed money. Conrad Thompson had money. Ric Flair let him ho- co-host his podcast. And the, re- the rest... Is weird history. He de- he just literally bought a bunch of his robes and became his friend because exactly like you said, like if you look at that Grantland article on Ric Flair, it's very instructive in that like Ric Flair oh. very much wants to be who Ric Flair is, but he really is just a dude playing a character. But like I don't know, man. Wrestling wrestling is fucked in so many ways, and Ric Flair really is the embodiment of professional wrestling. Where there's so much fucking crazy shit with Ric Flair, but he is entertaining, so people just kind of give him a pass, because he's weird and silly. Yeah, it's just so fucking sad. And Dixie Carter- And then as he goes senile, he's just like in a gold suit, and then just someone's like getting money on- I don't know, man. Anyway, let's get sad, baby. Next week, we're going to talk about Claudio Castagnoli, a guy who um, the only thing he puts in his body, the closest thing he, to sugar he puts in his body is literally black coffee. So... <laughs> And then after that, we'll talk about Conrad Thompson, who I Very guarantee good. calls drinking cream with sugar in it coffee. I guarantee that Conrad Thompson listens to our episode also. And I guarantee Cesaro would be very good friends with ours. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo that you're trying to uh, eat all the KFCs, fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, rumor and innuendo, Conrad Thompson. Uh, Ric Flair dressed up as his own daughter, married you, changed the deed to your house to his name. He na- Ric Flair now owns a mortgage company, which he's turned into a bar. <laughs> There's a lot of rumor and innuendo. Sorry, Bruce. I'm literally seeing you as a giant turkey sandwich right now, so we're going to yeah. pause recording. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing about he's Ric Flair. slightly fatter than me. 
I guarantee, by the way, that if you put uh, if you walked Ric Flair up to Tom Brady, Ric Flair within five minutes will have tried will just be like, yeah, you might be the greatest quarterback of all time, but that's because I didn't go into football. Are you aware of that? Like, I guarantee he thinks that, and I guarantee Conrad Thompson's like, Tommy's Tommy's right. Also, Tom, um, Conrad Thompson made Shuli Agar of the Howard Stern Show move from uh, New York City to Huntsville, Alabama, and I just am always like. How did they become friends? Who listens to a podcast? That's what we're going to talk about. We are not in the ring. Time, time to be friends with that person. Dixie Carter, Dylan, what was the highlight of Dixie Carter? Here's mine. The email. She didn't even know how to clandestinely send an email, and it brought her empire. Couldn't understand BCC and CC. That's pretty good. I'm going to say the Claire Lynch thing, which was so bad that ever, that they just stopped it. Is the Claire Lynch thing the? That's where like, it's like it looks AJ like her. Styles it looks like. Go for it. It's the AJ Styles like slept with a girl and she showed up and then there was like weird implications of domestic abuse. The Claire Lynch thing was they make it look like her and AJ are bangalangin, but it turns out that they were just helping a lady who's a drug addict named Claire Lynch, who was not a wrestling character, was literally just an actor that they had hired. And then they eventually just canceled the storyline and hoped everyone forgot. Oh, and that's the other thing is that she um, gave AJ Styles a contract that would have been a 40% pay cut. So he said no. And it was the greatest thing that ever happened to AJ Styles because literally it was like he was in TNA pretty much from its inception. Yes, he was in TNA from its yep. inception. And then he goes to New Japan and Ring of Honor and literally within two years is in the WWE. Like that's how bad TNA was for his career is he goes into New Japan. He's in Bullet Club. He starts he really and this is something that I think it's forget. a year. I think it's it's way faster than two years because he is at the Rumble. Let's look it up. But he's he in he's in Bullet Club. He's he in basically Club. he proves he, that he is a good wrestler. Like not is a good wrestler, but like he no, proved no. that he can do a heel promo in Japan yeah. and then he's in the WWE immediately. Yeah, he he's in TNA till 2014, and he is in ROH for two years. Yeah, two years. He's in New Japan and ROH for two years, and then immediately in WWE. And by the way, everyone thought WWE was going to fuck AJ. You can listen to our first episode. First where fucking we, episode. Where it was like, this guy's going to suck, and then we were like, oh, no, wait. Some wait a minute, no, because that was, less, that, that was less than two years because that was 2015. He was He's already in the WWE by 2015 if he, we did him as our first episode and we were talking about his debut. No, it was, it was 2016. He was, um, he, he, it was January of 2016. When did he leave TNA? What's the exact? I don't remember being two years. 2014, two years. yeah, it was because he debuted at the Rumble in 2016. Yeah, I agree. So it would have been, yeah, January of 2016. Oh, yeah. It's like 18 months. So the worst thing about Dixie Carter is that she hated women's wrestling for some reason, even though she was a woman. Cool. Yeah. I bet you she just didn't know. Like, she just ran out of attention. Uh, none of those wrestlers are being very nice to me, or tall, or boys. Yeah. And also, like, say what you will about Vince McMahon. He was born... He's the bane of business. He was born in a pit with no light and then climbed out of it. So like, he's the only dude I would ever trust to like, Oh, this guy is a actor director where it's like, he'll put all of the work into directing and 
writing the scene as well as being a really good actor. Whereas Dixie for sure, not that it's bad, but was like, yeah, I already did my thing where I acted. I'm done now. And then Eric Bischoff was like, the knockouts match happens in my house alone with yeah. me. No cameras. Yeah. There's no one there. It's just me and I'm wearing a wig and Hulk Hogan calls and we just talk about my, what I did my day. I just want to talk here's about a, my day. Here's a little bit of dirty talk for you. I'm just going to have sex with you while I pitch you apps. Hey, how about this? We just, I just talk. I definitely, I, uh, I'm just sad. I just miss <laughs> being in church. I come immediately. I've taught my come to come out real slow. So it elongates the sexual process. That was uh, Eric Bischoff. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And you know what? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, shit talk, fuckbox. That's good stuff. Whoa, we're on fuckbox now? (laughs) We're on fuckbox. We're on ass hub. (laughs) They blur out everything but the ass, men and women. Um, uh, you can find me on Butt Chug. I am at (laughs) John Hastings on buttchug.co.au. Ooh. you can donate to Dylan at uh, uh, lovesfucking.co.uk. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, just type that into your browser. No extension needs. Lovesfucking. Thanks so much yeah, for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with Cesaro, Claudio Cassinoli, um, talking about from a guy going from a ponytail to no hair to a tag champion to a that's it, baby. Get the fuck out. And we're going to talk about that interview. I don't think we even talked about it on the Vince thing because we were so haggard by the end of it. But the interview where uh, Vince McMahon was on the Stone Cold Sessions in 2014 and said, yeah, I don't like that guy. He's a loser, essentially. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. Vince yeah. McMahon was just like. Vince McMahon uh, publicly was like, this guy in my company sucks, and I just don't see him as good. Oh, that's wild. That's not good. I mean, how did we think that Vince was only getting crazy now? Guys, we love you all. This episode was probably the hardest to record ever. We've had to take so many We breaks. did it. This literally was a nine-parter just because of technology. But thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. We love you. Mwah. Suck my dick. There you go. All right, I'm going to log.